and welcome to Hong Kong Business Owners. I'm Carmen, founder of this podcast that shares inspiring stories from entrepreneurs based in Hong Kong. Whether you created your own business, thinking about doing so, or simply curious to discover business creation stories, you'll get to listen to unique business owners' journeys to learn what it takes to start a company, what the keys to success are, how to apprehend failures and challenges, and what to keep in mind when developing your own business. As an entrepreneur, one of your main focus is to sell your products or services. That's where marketing comes into play, especially digital marketing and social media. Do you know how much time we spend every day on social media? More than two hours. That's an opportunity to interact with your audience, reach new customers and get more visibility. To find out more about how to leverage social media to grow your business, check out oak.genhk.com, the agency that helps business owners find their place on social media. Now let's move on to the episode. I hope it'll inspire you and guide you in your current or future projects. And don't forget to give me five stars to show me your support. Welcome, everyone. Today is the new episode of Hong Kong Business Owners. I'm with Delphine, co-founder of On The List. Founded in 2016, On The List is a members-only flash sales company. You partner with retail brands and distributors to turn old inventory into exclusive sales. It's a sustainable vision of fashion, beauty, home, and lifestyle that also offers the best deals on fashion items to your members. Today, you have a 1 million members community across Asia, and you've organized more than 2,000 flash sales in seven different markets in Asia Pacific. And you keep growing to expand even more and reach new markets. Um, So my first question is, before founding on the list with your partner, Diego, You were already working in the fashion industry. Uh, Is it a domain that you particularly like and which would explain your experience in fashion? Uh, Hello, and thank you very much for the opportunity of uh, being here today. Um, So to start, in fact, uh, I arrived in Hong Kong in 2015 and I was working for a brand called Fago. Uh, So Fago is a known brand in France, but not very known in Asia. Uh, it's a fashion brand, and uh, what they do is that they plant a tree each time uh, they sell a product. So, in fact, I already had this uh, fashion and sustainability uh, angle in what I was doing. Um, so, I worked with them a year in Paris, and then they uh, decided to send me in Asia uh, to develop the different markets, based in Hong Kong, but traveling around, uh, around Asia. Uh, so when I arrived here, I already have this uh, fashion and sustainable component. And on top of that, I had this uh, commercial approach because uh, my aim was really to uh, try to sell the brand because this brand is not very known in Asia. Um, so it, it was a mix of different uh, skill sets and uh, angles that uh, helped me to, uh, at the beginning, to start on the list. Okay, so you already had this fashion um, you were already in fashion before, and was something was it something on your mi- mind to start uh, an entrepreneurial project uh, at that time? Was it something you wanted to try before? 
to launch your own business? Or is it also that Hong Kong is the good city to do so? So before coming to Hong Kong, uh, I didn't have really the idea to launch my own business, but it's true that uh, at Fago, I was directly reporting to the founders of, uh, of the brand and they were really inspiring. And uh, I always admired their ideas and, uh, and what they were, uh, their willingness to always uh, go forward, move forward and, and try new ideas. So when I arrived with Fago in Hong Kong, um, I, I was by myself. I, I didn't have any teams. Uh, everyone was based in France. So it's true that I had a lot of time to think. And I started to have a lot of ideas of uh, launching businesses here. And yeah, it, it was part of a bit uh, like the long thinking of uh, should I launch something there? Um, then I discussed a lot with Diego, who's my husband and, and co-founder of uh, From the List. And I remember that every morning when we wake up, we had new ideas. Well, should we do that, that, and that? Uh, but it was uh, completely different from retail, F&B, or different stuffs. But in a way, the turning point was where um, I was going to, in fact, to a private cell uh, organized by a brand, uh, and it was very badly organized. So I came back uh, after the cell, I was like saying to Diego, look, uh, the, the organization, organization was very bad. Uh, but then we stopped talking about that. And a few months after, um, I had some sort of fago, in fact, uh, and I call uh, my boss in France and I say, can I ship you back this stock because I don't know what to do with it. And because they were very sustainable and because they didn't want, and they, they are very cautious on the carbon emission, they were saying, no, look, uh, we don't want this stock back. So you need to find a solution to sell this stock in Hong Kong. Uh, so then uh, I started to look for a solution here. In fact, I couldn't find someone really to, to help me to, uh, to sell this stock. So I was like, okay, let, let's try to do by yourself. So I really do, I, we really did this first garage sale. Uh, in fact, it was in PMQ. Uh, we, we rent uh, like a kind of space. Uh, we, we were there. Uh, we put all the fago. We asked all our friends to come. And it was during the weekend. So it was fun with some uh, like drinks and everything. Uh, so it's a bit how the, 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 the story started. And after that, uh, we, we sat down with Diego and said, okay, there's really something to do because uh, we, it seems that no one is doing that uh, and we should be the solution for the brand. And in fact, this business model exists in uh, Europe and in the US and um, the similar business model as us in Europe is called Arlety. And we knew uh, Arlety, from Diego knew Arlety because he, he was working for the couples, the brand. Uh, it's a fashion brand, French fashion brand, and he was working with uh, with Arletti. So then, what happened is that we call Arletti and we say, uh, "Can you like do you want to do Arletti Hong Kong?" Because we were at that time we were not that confident to launch a business by yourself, and they were very nice. And but they were saying, saying "No, look, we are in Paris. Uh, we are very focused uh, with Europe. Uh, um, it's not really uh, our project to to go to Asia. But if you want, you can come to our floor." Uh, we can teach you how to do it in terms of operations, which was amazing. Uh, so in fact, we knew the business model as a brand because with the couples, Diego was working with them. And then we learned all the operation sites. So then after that, we said, okay, now it's time for us to, uh, to start. And uh, mm -hmm. it's how we really uh, started, uh, in fact, in August 2015. That's interesting that Arleti was super open to share yeah. about that. Yeah. So... From what I understand, Diego was also working in fashion. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you, okay. Um, 
So can you, for the listeners, can you explain exactly what your business model is um, and who are your clients, the suppliers? And also I'm interested in knowing how do you convince the brand to give or sell you the, the items? So um, really the vision of On The List and the mission is really to turn inventories into opportunities. So what we do is that we partner uh, with brands to help them to manage their passion stock. So as a brand, uh, you sell your items in full price stores, then you do uh, end of season sales, then usually you sell your product in the outlet, but then after you don't know what to do with it. So then we arrive and we uh, take this product and we organize what we call flash sale uh, events. Um, so we work on a consignment basis with the brand, meaning that they ship us the product and uh, they take back the leftover, but we try to sell as much as possible in a short period of time. And then as a customer, uh, you can access these uh, sales either offline or online, and you have uh, incredible deals because as it's passing stock, uh, it's with uh, very uh, big discounts. So we are really the middleman between the brand mm -hmm. and the customers. Mm -hmm. uh, we started in Hong Kong in 2016 with more the offline business model. But then after uh, we expanded to online uh, and then quickly we expanded internationally, uh, internationally in Asia, I would say. Um, so now uh, we have three uh, like permanent showroom. So when I say permanent, permanent showrooms, it means that uh, we have leases, long-term leases, and every week we change brands and we have different uh, sales. So these showrooms are in Hong Kong, Singapore, and Shanghai. And they are in the city center because we really want to be different from the outlets and we want to target the office people. So we open at 8 a.m. So we can come to do some shopping uh, and at 8 a.m. and then go back to the office at 9. Uh, and then on top of that, we're operating in Malaysia, Australia, Thailand, uh, and Korea. Uh, Pop-ups in pop-ups and uh, online uh, because uh, we were not ready to have a permanent showroom which involve a lot of fixed costs in terms of rent and people. Uh, but we have more a light model uh, in these different markets. And when you partner with brands, do you have a, do you agree on, because you said we try to sell as much as possible of what they send to us. Do you have a, do you agree on a percentage of the amount that you have to sell or... It's a difficult, uh, we try to forecast as much as possible for sure, uh, but everything depends on the stock available, the prices. Us, we support all the fixed costs. So the brand, they ship us the product, but then uh, we pay for the rent, for the people, for the logistics, for everything. Um, so um, we can, we can commit, but then, uh, the, like the success fee that we charge mm -hmm. the brand is not linked to the perfect, like, because we, we cannot promise everything at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. So since then, uh, since 2016, your company has grown a lot. We're here in the office today and there's, I can see many employees. So you have now 150 employees. Um, you're present in seven markets, as we said, and you have an online store. So how do you drive the, that growth, uh, making sure you reach your objectives, but also You take care of your staff and you keep the same values to develop your business. Uh, it's true that, uh, in fact, we are a family-owned company. So uh, the growth is big, but it's uh, 
uh, is not compared to like uh, mm. in like people that have been invested by funds or any other companies. Um, I think we have a, an approach of test and learn, uh, which is very important. Uh, so it's true that um, for us, who, our vision that we believe in our business model and we want to be focused into it uh, because in fact, uh, the brand will always have stock and we want to be here to help them to manage the stock. However, what we want to achieve is to uh, develop in terms of uh, locations because it's true that now uh, we've been in seven markets Uh, but there are still markets in Asia that we are not, uh, mm -hmm. like Japan or Taiwan. We were in Taiwan, we are not anymore, but we are rethinking of opening Taiwan. Uh, so the geographical presence is very important for us because we do believe that for the brands, it's very important to have one actor that they can talk to and they can say, okay, I have this stock in Asia, please help me in this different region. And they don't have to talk to different people uh, in all the different uh, countries. Um, then uh, your question in terms of team is true that now uh, the organization that we have is that we have a managing director in Hong Kong, uh, managing the Hong Kong team. We have a MD uh, in China and Southeast Asia. So she started with China and now she's with Southeast Asia. So there are the two people that really have um, that are very that have big teams and they are uh, the one that are. Uh, helping us with the culture, with the management, and uh, to, to really uh, be able to, to manage all their, their teams. And then in the more young markets, uh, we have brand directors. Uh, so we have uh, someone in Korea, uh, Alexis in, in Australia. Uh, they have smaller teams, uh, but then they are in contact directly with us. After I think something that we still do and we are still doing with the team on a daily basis and on the business development side. Uh, so it's more uh, on the commercial side. So we talk to the brand and we try to help them to find new solutions and ideas to, uh, to increase the, the sales. Um, and then we try uh, as the founder of the company to have moments like town halls or this kind of uh, moments where we can talk to everyone and uh, give them and present them the vision, the mission of the company, where we want to go, uh, because that's something uh, very important for, for us uh, to be able to, uh, to give some directions. Mm. So I guess your, your job today is very different from what it was at the beginning. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, it's true that uh, thanks to the organization, we are less in the operational side for the biggest markets even though uh, we, we are still not that big company, so we know everything and we, we are aware of, of everything, but uh, then on all the, the daily things, we are less involved. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are more now, our job is really to, uh, uh, to look for new opportunities in terms of new markets or new ideas. Mm. So you founded this company with your husband. Um, so how is it to work as a couple? Do you each have a very defined scope? Uh, do you have different skill sets? Uh, how do you make it work? Because I guess it's a challenge. And I interviewed other entrepreneurs that they, they founded their uh, business with their partner. And every time it's different. Every time they found the balance in a different way. Sometimes they have the same skill set, but they have like clear boundaries. Or sometimes they they're so different that it's easier to work together. So how do you do that? Yeah, I guess each uh, couple is different yeah. and uh, 
Um, so us, we started on the list before getting married and before having kids. Um, the beginning, when I look back, the beginning was most di more difficult than now, uh, I would say, because we were doing everything together uh, and we don't have the same ways of working. Uh, I think we have the same skill sets, uh, meaning that mm -hmm. we are both commercial, uh, we love meeting people, uh, and we, it's not like we, you have the tech person and the commercial. So in terms of skill set, we, we are a bit similar, but then we have very different ways of, of doing it. So when we were doing everything together, it was a bit intense and a lot of big debates and, uh, <laughs> and big conversations. And at the point uh, when we started to, to develop uh, abroad, we decided to, um, to divide the markets. Uh, so now uh, I'm more in charge of uh, China and Korea, while Diego is more in charge of uh, Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And then for Hong Kong, we are both in contact with Germany, but uh, it works quite well. Uh, and we do have the ownership on each market, uh, meaning that we, we, we were deciding. And because I think the question at the end is who's deciding. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's where it can be very conflictual. So now we can decide for our own uh, markets, even though for sure we are talking and we are asking advices and, and everything. And now I see really the, to work as a couple as a strength, because it's true that in fact, we are talking a lot about work all the time, even though one advice that we, we got was like, uh, be careful, try to set boundaries, not to talk about work at home. And, and, but at the end for us, it's, it doesn't work. It's, uh, it's very difficult. Um, also as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Exactly. In general. Exactly. And, uh, and it's, we are passionate about it. So we, we want to talk about it anyway. So the, the fact that we talk about it all the time and we have ideas and find on the way to go to the airport or whatever, like it means that in, in a way we are working even more than the, the, the hours that we are dedicated to work. And it creates a lot of new ideas, a lot of new things. And, uh, and so we, we see it now more as a trend that we can be together in this adventure than that's something more difficult to handle. Mm -hmm. And now it works quite well. Yeah. It's a, now it's a real partnership, but also, also it's a, it made you, it made you like a very strong couple then to have kids is like, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> what's the next challenge then? <laughs> and then it's true that having kids help us to, uh, soften a bit the, yeah. the discussion because, uh, we have other discussion that work now, uh, for sure. And, uh, that, that helps, uh, in a way. All right. Um, okay. So I have. Two questions for you, two in one. Um, so you were talking about developing your in new markets. Um, so first question, what's your biggest challenge today? What do you want to achieve with this business? Um, and what are the next markets you want to go to? Um, so in fact, I would say that... Uh, 2022 was a very difficult year for us because of COVID. And uh, so Shanghai was closed for a few months uh, and we had all the fixed costs to pay and no revenue. Uh, so 20, 2022? Yeah, 2022. So, so after COVID? In Hong Kong, it was still COVID and it was still the COVID in Shanghai. So that first half was, was like nothing happening here in Hong Kong. China was closed. So very tough, uh, in fact. Um, we had to take uh, like a decision that was very difficult for us. We had to restructure the team. It was the first time that we had to do that. 
It was, in, in fact, we, we had some, uh, like we have an like informal board that is helping us uh, to take some decision and they help us uh, a lot with that because uh, it's, it's a very difficult exercise and uh, it was very painful. Uh, but hopefully we did it because at the end of the day we, we had to do. Um, so, so after this very tough uh, 2022, uh, where we're not, we were not profitable for the first time uh, since the beginning of on the list, the, the main objective of 2023 was to go back to profitability. Uh, and I think it's a different way of looking at the business because before we were very GMB focused, so very growth focused and very... Uh, eager to, to grow. Uh, but since then, we have a completely different approach. Okay, GMB is nice to see and it's important, but at the end of the day, uh, what we want to see is really the profitability of the business. Our aim is really to continue this business long term mm -hmm. uh, because we, we love it and we want still to grow the company. So if we want to sustain long, like long term, we have to be profitable. We, we don't want to, we are not this kind of company that have been invested and like a uh, lot of millions and they are not profitable for a few years and after they will resell and everything. So we are more in the long-term approach. And it's what we say to the brand because uh, when we work with a brand, the idea is to work with them on a long-term basis and to be their partner uh, for this stock management and not to do one shot and to, to leave. Um, so now, uh, 2023, we're, we, we achieve the, the objective and we go back to uh, LC uh, profitability. Uh, so the idea is really to continue on that direction uh, and to be uh, cautious as well on the new developments because mm -hmm. it's true that you can say, okay, now it's going back to, to, to normal and let's do that, that, that. But then we need to be careful as well. So we still want to grow, but in a, in a cautious way. Uh, so the objective is really to focus on the main markets, uh, which are uh, Hong Kong, China and Singapore. Uh, where we have a showroom and to be sure that we can uh, grow the brands, uh, grow the customer base, uh, which are very important. And then to, to focus as well to the new markets, I would say, that we have. Uh, seven, it's still a, a lot of markets. Uh, and then to try and test and learn in, uh, in like I mentioned in Asia, uh, we are not in Japan and Taiwan, which could be uh, the, the new market in Asia. We have the big project as well for 2024 is to open a second showroom in China, uh, in Beijing, because China, in fact, is a market where the stock enters in China is very difficult uh, to put the stock outside of China. So there is a lot of stock in China. Uh, so we have one showroom in Shanghai, but we want to find a, an opportunity to have a second one in Beijing. Uh, so now we are talking with, with some uh, landlords. Uh, and then we're exploring, but really it's just as a exploring phase uh, the Middle East uh, mm. with Dubai because in fact there is no one doing what we do there uh, and it could be an opportunity to, to go outside of, of Asia and to start a, a, new, a new region. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It'll be a very different market because there are some similarities but also the culture there is so different. Yeah, yeah. it's very different. I think we will need to learn from scratch everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's true that for us, it's very important to understand the culture before doing business. Because if I take the example of Korea, which is a quite a difficult market for us, it's a very specific in terms of culture. And if you don't understand the culture, you can do a lot of business uh, mistakes, uh, which you could avoid by understanding the, the codes and how they work and what are the, all the, all the different things that you, you, that they're not saying, but you can, you could see in meetings. So, 
uh, it's very important. Like we, we take a lot of time understanding the culture before doing business. What makes the Korean market difficult? I mean, uh, different. Yeah, different. Uh, in a way, it's a market where uh, it's more difficult for foreigners to access. Uh, first, it's very conservative, so they are big conglomerate and they, they are not very open to, to, to mm -hmm. foreigners. Uh, and then it's a market where the, the, um, it's top down, uh, so you really need to, uh, to meet the, 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 the top people that could take the decisions. Uh, so in terms of accessibility, it took us longer time than we thought in terms of entering the market. But then after, uh, the positive side that uh, when you do things well, they trust you very, like very strongly and the world travels fast, meaning that uh, it's like our industry, it's a small world. So if you're recommended by someone, then they, they, they trust that. Uh, so after you can go fast. So we had a more, it took us longer to, uh, to start, but then now we have a very good momentum. And then what about Japan? Japan, I know we are, we're not yet there. Uh, there. There are people doing what we do there. So that's why for the moment it was not really an option. But why not one day? Because it's an it's interesting market. Uh, there are a lot of uh, older brands are, are there. They, they, they have a lot of presence. Uh, it's a big market. So Also very different from the rest. Very different. And I think uh, like for, for Japan, we need to understand yeah. well the culture as well. So that would be a new challenge. <laughs> So you were talking about uh, 2022, that was a tough year, but it was also the year you became a B Corp. So can you tell us more about that? Like how did you become B Corp and also what it brings you and what's the difference now? So B Corp is an American label that a company can get. So in fact, what you need to do is to answer a 200 questions uh, that are very uh, linked to different stakeholders. So it can be about the environment, about the people, about uh, the suppliers. So it's very uh, 360 and, and very uh, comprehensive about uh, all the aspects of, of your business. And it's really to do business for good. And it's really to push companies uh, to relook at their business model, how they do things, how they treat their employees, uh, to, to make sure that they are, that they are going in the right directions. So it's not only about the environment, but about all these different stakeholders. And so when we learn about this pick up uh, level, we're like, okay, we really want to apply and to, uh, to, to have it for on the list. Uh, then I think we minimize a bit the, the work uh, because it was a very long uh, work to do. It took us nine months to uh, just to, to first to understand all the questions, uh, then to, because all the questions need to be documented. Uh, so you need to relook at all the past, like uh, proof of why do you answer this question that way or not the other way. So, so I need really uh, had to ask all the different stakeholders, like different departments of the of the company as well. Uh, so we had one project manager for that. Uh, it was mm -hmm. uh, our head of operation, and we were as well uh, the help of outside people, like consultants. Uh, to really guide us in how to answer the, the questions. And after, so you submit that. And after you had some audits from B Corp that are coming and they are looking at your answers and being sure that uh, you answer right to the questions. Uh, so we got the, the label and uh, uh, certification in 2022. And in fact, uh, you need to redo it every three years uh, because then they want to be sure that you continue in that direction. 
So for us, in fact, uh, I would say that uh, I was uh, positively surprised that uh, uh, it was we didn't change that much uh, our way of doing, meaning that we were already doing things in the, in the good uh, direction. For sure, a few things had to, to be adjusted, but it was not a big changes. So it was nice in a way to, to see that. Uh, and for sure, it's something that we want to continue. Uh, we go to renew the, the label. And after, uh, it's per entity. So we did for the Hong Kong entity, but then we are looking to do it for the other entities. Uh, so for sure, it takes time. So we need to be sure that uh, uh, it doesn't take too much time uh, for, for, from the team, but uh, then it's really something uh, we want to make sure that uh, we achieve, to be sure that we are really uh, in line with all the different stakeholders. Are they the one that reach out to you or how, how does it work? No, no, we, we reach out to them. Uh, so you go online and you can uh, answer to all the questions. And after the, I, I feel in Hong Kong, uh, this level is not very well known. It's more known in the US and in, uh, in Europe. So one of the big companies that is B Corp and was really the, the symbol of that is Patagonia, uh, mm. one of the reference in, in, the, in the industry. In Hong Kong, we, I think it's around 10 companies. So we try to... Uh, to collaborate, to do some uh, networking events. We try to uh, talk about it uh, all together, but it's true that it's quite limited for the moment. But uh, if anyone wants to, uh, to know more about it, uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions. Hmm. And, and so it's a, it's a label, it means it's like a... Certification. Yeah, it's a yeah, certification. Yeah. So then how can you leverage that? But in fact, for us, it was not really to leverage it because we knew that in Asia it was not very known. So we, for sure, we put it on all the uh, support, but then uh, it doesn't change uh, a lot for uh, in terms of marketing or in terms of... Uh, so uh, we, are, we are proud to be become, but then uh, it doesn't make a lot of change in our, like, uh, for commercial-wise, I would say. Okay, yeah. Um, and as you, you were talking about uh, Europe and this business model exists there also i guess in the us yeah um so just something i'm i'm wondering is that you have to like your business is, is about fashion and it's about sustainability because all these clothes and items could have been just destroyed or whatever and instead they have that you you sell them so how do you i guess in some market like, for example, I guess in Paris, as I'm French, I know French people, I would say the fashion and the deals are something attractive, but also they have this sustainability mindset. So it's really something to, you know, highlight there. But is it different in Asia, for example? I guess, depending, my question is, depending on the market, do you highlight either like more fashion deals or sustainability? In fact, we try to do both uh, because it's true that uh, the essence of Andalis is, is to help this brand to manage stock because this stock would have been ended in the landfill. But we, we, we try, uh, it's very important not to greenwash uh, first, first of all. Then we try to, uh, to tell the two messages, but at the end of the day, it's true that most of the people are coming more for the good deals. Yeah. Uh, some of them, and we start, we start to see that more and more people are more uh, sensible about the, the sustainable approach. But I guess it's less than in Europe, yeah. and it will yeah. take time uh, to, to arrive. So, so us, in terms of communication, we don't want to change our communication because it's, it's true and it's what we are doing. Uh, but then after, it's how they 
the customers are perceiving the message. And uh, I do believe that it will still take a bit of time. And depending on, on the market, it will take more time than for some market than from, for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess it's a, even if some people are not sensitive to sustainability, I guess it's a, a way to have a, a foot in that without even, you know, caring about it. I think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the, more generally, the fashion and luxury industry in Hong Kong? Like, what trends do you see? How do you think it'll evolve? Because luxury is very present in Hong Kong. Do you, do you see a lot of other businesses like coming up or? I think Hong Kong is, uh, is still a market dominating by luxury, luxury international brands. Looking at the retail environment, I, I believe it's hard for like a local brand to really, uh, uh, I guess it's not like in Paris or you have a lot of cool concept stores on the street and you can have a, a street shop and, uh, Uh, in Asia, in a way, it's more difficult. Uh, so it's still the international brands that are here that uh, the, the customer love. Uh, they love the brand name. They love the, the international uh, aspect. So, so I, I'm not sure it will change a lot in the coming yeah. years. I'm asking you that because I also interviewed a, a fashion designer. She, she launched her uh, clothing brand and I was... Also curious to know about the fashion industry in Hong Kong. And she told me kind of the same thing. Like it's a uh, many, many people coming from other countries, like uh, from Europe or from the US and many fashion designers in Hong Kong, they go abroad. Mm -hmm. So yeah. actually there's no real local mm -hmm. brands. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So this brings us to the last question. Um, Do you have any tips to share to current business owners or maybe to future ones that might be still fearful to take the leap and launch their business? Uh, yes, for sure. I think something that we, uh, we always do uh, since the beginning is uh, in test and learn. Uh, because uh, if you have an idea, uh, you can, at the beginning, before launching your, your company, you can wait your idea or your concept uh, to be completely perfect and to launch it, but then it will take years. While if you, uh, and I already had this, uh, this idea that uh, was given to me that uh, if you want to be, to open a restaurant, don't wait to have the perfect location, the perfect chef and everything. Just start to cook at home, invite your friends first. Then uh, second time you cook at home and you, you ask your friend to pay and then you're going to see if they're paying for it or not. This kind of stuff. So just don't wait for the, the final perfect, but just test and learn. And in fact, it's what we are doing all the time um, in our daily job and daily life. Uh, when now that the company is bigger, it's a bit more difficult at the beginning. But if it makes sense, if we already uh, have all the pros and cons, and if we see that you won't take too much time for, for the team or for us, Let's try, let's test. And if we don't test, we don't know. So that's, that's really something uh, super important for, for us uh, on, a, on a daily basis. Um, so that, that would be the, the main uh, advice uh, that uh, I would like to, to give mm -hmm. to, to people. That's a, that's a good one, yeah. You, only, you can only learn if you do yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Delphine. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so 
If we want to uh, know more about On The List, if we want to become a member, where should we go? So you just go on onthelist.com and then you will select the, the region that you are and you can uh, register as a member uh, to get access to these uh, exciting deals. Cool. I'll add the link to the website and social media in the description of the episode. So dear listeners, I hope you're inspired by today's business story. And if you're thinking about running your own business, you might now be one step closer to doing so. See you in two weeks to meet a new Hong Kong business owner. And don't forget to leave me five stars to support me and follow me on Instagram at hk.businessowners. Bye. Bye-bye.